Broadcasting from New York. It's the Men on Pause Podcast. The Men with Elmo D. 16th letter. D. And welcome to another unofficial Men on Pause podcast. We are not licensed or insured. We are your hosts. It is me, Jimmy D. I A Z, aka El Mosfoca. And I am the 16th letter, D. And welcome to episode number 176. 176. One hundred and seventy-six episodes. I don't know who asked for this many episodes, but guess what? They're here. 176. That's like you're getting off on a train and shit, right? 176. Off stop, That's, That's a stop. stop, right? That's a stop. That's how far up we are. Now we're in Washington Heights numbers. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all my Washington Heights people. And speaking of people and friends and family on the show, me and P are honored to have returning champion. The one and only. You guys know him as Ramon Pesante. But here on the Men on Pause podcast, we know him as Ray Tizzy. Give yeah! Ray Tizzy. <laughs> <laughs> what, fellas, fellas. Yes. Hey, what, what's going on, P? Am I allowed to talk about him smoking a blind? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. yeah, I absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want to admire, what is that, a Dutch man? Is that a Dutch? Is that a black and mild? Look at that shit. It looks, he, it, it looks like, all right. You know, we, I know it's not politically correct to say, but we used to say he's rolling fingers. Like oh, those, shit. those are the fattest blunts known to men. And then it's like, you know, when I go to his house and I'm there, like, at one point, there's a point in time where I realize like there's no circulation going into my head no more. And I'm like, yo, I've been standing here for five minutes. And that's the kind of shit like that happens when you're trying to keep up with P. What's your paper choice, P? White Owls. The White Owls is what gives, you know, P that personality in his voice. Like that, like that's his. Well, it's listen, we from slow. the hood. We from the hood in New York. That's yeah. that's what happens. That's you. You stay that. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. Every once in a while, I pass by by Dutch. And that was like a birthday thing or something. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, facts, facts, facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get off all of that. Ray, what's up? How you been? You know, you've been keeping oh, busy. Yeah. Congrats on playing Sam. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, t- we. I mean, so yeah, man, we we just premiered at our first festival, which was the American Black Film Festival (ABFF), and that was like that's a huge deal. Yo, I I'm gonna tell y'all, I had like at the top of my the year when I got this planner, there was I had like a list of things that I had to hit the marks on. One of them was getting playing Sam into like a really big festival, and that's exactly what happened. I and I revisited the other day. I said, oh shit, I wrote that down. There, you know, God's is listening, but I, you know, and sometimes I got to remind myself 
that I asked for certain things. That was a blessing. So it was a great experience. We opened up, we were like the second film to air at screen at the festival. So we were like one of the openers. That's uh yeah. yeah. That's huge, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. And there was like eight narrative films accepted into this festival. So you understand the imposter syndrome's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? So there were some other films that we were going up against. Like one of them starring Amari Hardrick called Phelps High. Another one starring uh, Michael Coulter. Another one, which was the best Luke film Cage. in the festival, I thought. Yeah, Luke Cage. It was called Cinnamon. I met the director. So during the award thing, they didn't play Cinnamon until after the award ceremony. And Cinnamon kind of like racked up some awards. And Mark was like, you know, Mark Rain, he was just like, yo, man, what is this bullshit? I want to see this. Watch it be some bullshit, too. So then he goes, so, look, 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 Mark, it's cool, man. Look, let's go. Let's go see the movie. We'll, we'll be there. You know, we saw it. And then after that shit, he looked at me, goes, bro, that shit was fire he was like yeah they deserve that shit props like honestly when our screening happened people were in the back standing up because there was no more seats so we had everyone's attention we were a lot happens at abff they showed they cloned tyrone fire that's bro. the jamie anyway, fox and um yeah. uh Yo, what's his kid john boyega movie. oh john boyega so we didn't have to go up against anything else going on because you have to understand peacock netflix Amazon, they were all bringing their stuff to show, right? Jeez. And that was happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? We were on on Wednesday. We didn't have to compete with none of that stuff. So we had like true people that just wanted to see the film. And throughout the whole festival, people were quoting the film. And I'm going to tell you, man, Jenny Jenny Ruiza, she had the spotlight, man. People were like, really feeling Jenny. People were like, yo, you... Like, even in the Q&A, they were focused on... It was Jenny's show, you know, which was what I wanted. It was by design. You know what I mean? And shout out to Jenny. Uh, yeah. And, and well-deserved Shining. Yeah, yeah. that Very much well-deserved to her. So we had a great time. We met a lot of people. I found myself at this Netflix brunch. And there was so many... It was like a, a brunch of like 100 people. Bro, John Bayega is in this room. Uh, You know, freaking... The director of They Clone Tyrone is in this room. They, I ended up sitting next to this chick that helped Kamala, Kamala Harris get on the ticket with Biden. I was like, what? Holy shit. I, like, I was in this room with a lot of special people. And for, I, at that moment, I did feel special. I did. I do. I, I belong. feel special. No, you yeah, belonged I felt, in that But room. it was just like, this felt Let really me put it good. this way. P's <clears throat> looking at you different now. I just want yeah. to say that on the men on pause, you're always special here. No matter <laughs> How what. How you do it? How you do it? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting back at you, Pete, because Pete, you you came for me last time. It was hilarious. I just I was looking at you for a second, and I couldn't help to admire like body art. And um, is is it there? Or is it all over your body? Is it just the arms? Uh, I got uh, so I got a bunch of superhero tats. Okay. Uh, and then I got this dragon here. So oh, wow. This is, but I didn't want to do the full sleeve up to here. I wanted at least one of my, my shits to show, but I'm not even done with this. Every time I get the money, I'm like, I should just shoot the thing. I'm not going to get a tattoo. It's expensive. It's expensive <laughs> and it's time yeah. consuming. And it, it yeah. hurts. And it, it, it does hurt. I'm not one of them people that be like, oh, it don't hurt. I like the pain. Like, no, that no, shit it hurts. hurts. It Thank hurts. You. All right. And I don't like it. But I'm going to say, man, check out They Clone Tyrone. 
and check out Cinnamon. It's on Tubi right now. I met the director. Dude is dope. He saw playing Sam. Dude wrote me this really long email, like text of just like real positive stuff. But the uh, they clone Tyrone is on Netflix, correct? That's going to be on Netflix. And uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Cinnamon is probably gonna, it's coming out of theaters. It's no, gonna... it's already in. No, it's, on, it's only for Tubi. <laughs> Tubi exclusive. Oh, on Tubi. Now, listen, Tubi. Yeah. I know it's Tubi. <laughs> I know. Listen, Tubi is getting into yeah. uh, original content now. They're not it's grabbing. Just a, it's just that a lot of it is to be continued. <laughs> Bro, they have they have shots of like rush productions out sometimes. That's all. And they show like people falling in the back and doing crazy takes. So that's why, you know, people make fun of Tubi because they don't necessarily use the best takes or the best production is always like. So what they do is they grab like old films. Like I saw a couple of old films starring Dominic and like, uh, okay. it was like this Dominican film and he was in it. And this is when Dominic big, you know, Dominic, he's Dominic a writer. Colon. He's a, Dominic Colon. Yeah, Dominic yeah. Colon. But this was like, I said, is that, I just happened to just, cause you know, I'll look up a Latino film if I see, cause I'm like, all right, let me see what's on Tubi. So I went and I saw, and it was like Washington Heights, very Washington Heights-ish, you know, a couple of familiar faces in it, but it was older. But Dominic was like, don't look like the way he looks now. You know, no, no, like, no. Dominic, yeah, Dominic's ripped now. Cause he said, cause he was on, he was in, uh, he's in power, but nobody recognizes him from being in power. Really? Yeah. Which, he's, which season? He's in like in the first season. He's, uh, I believe he's only, yeah, I believe he gets killed in the first season or some shit like that. It's some wild oh, shit. shit. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. They call him fat whatever in the show. And oh, either the man. first season, second season, I'm pretty sure that was him in power. Yeah. Tubi is now like funding like real movies now. So I would say that Cinnamon is a step in the right direction. Uh, the guy, his name is Brian Keith Montgomery Jr. Dude is a solid director, man. It, it did feel like Pulp Fiction, where it was like there was chapters and everything came together and it made sense in the end. And I loved it. They used a Puerto Rican kid, even Puerto Rican kid, you know, starring a Puerto Rican kid and this black girl. Damian Waynes and Pam Greer was in it. Oh, okay. So solid film. I say go watch it on Tubi. We were in the theater. We're like, this is great. I can't believe this is going to be on Tubi. Be, all right. So we're not afraid to actually, P has a movie that he wants to pitch to you. Okay, um, let's hear it. That, he, that for you to direct. Actually, you know what his original plan was? His original plan was he wanted to talk about Brokeback Mountain. Okay. <laughs> and then like while you was halfway into the conversation of Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> you were going to realize that he didn't really see the movie either. He just wanted to get into like gay sex talk with you. <laughs> Yeah, I, like this is the first time this has happened to me, uh, and I try to like I, I work in television. That's all. I, I get sexual innuendos all the time from the weirdest people. And, and P, you are not the weirdest person to yeah. do this to me. <laughs> P, have you even seen Brokeback Mountain? I did. I, I, I yeah, not dude. the whole thing, but I've seen it in pieces. I know the of it. You know what I'm saying? He saw the good parts. I saw the good parts. <laughs> <laughs> he was fast forwarding. He's like. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Ang Lee, he directed that movie. Now, I'm going to tell yes. you a, a nugget. Who directed the Hulk after that, right? Yes! How do you fall from grace like that? Listen, the Hulk, when I went to see it, I was like, all right, I'll take it. But then when he did, he, he did, no, I think he did Brokeback Mountain after, after the Hulk. Yeah. No, so it wasn't a fall from grace. I'm sorry, but it was just like. It was still like. He found his genre. He found right. his genre. Clearly. Because, you know what I mean? Yeah, because the Hulk was overly emotional. <sighs> and I get where he was coming from, but the fact that he just kept getting bigger and bigger, the more angry he got, I was like, I've never seen that Hulk before. I feel be like honest. I've seen that in the comic. Well, I'm listening though, but it was like a little bit ahead of its time. Yes. Honestly. Would mm-hmm. you say that the Ed Norton Hulk is better movie? Yes, I liked it actually. I actually liked that movie. Yeah, I did too. I actually I did actually too. I like that movie. It, it's crazy. I just hate Ed Norton. the girl. Live. What's her name? Liv uh, Tyler. Tyler. I, I hate her. 
She looks like she got stung by bees in her lip. That's his way of saying she's sexy. Yeah. No, her dad is cuter. Her dad looks better. Okay. Yes, this we know. Okay. You like his big mouth? All right. Speaking of directors, you know, we're always doing lists here. We're always talking about top five this, top five that. And the audience doesn't always agree with us. So we take a lot of heat because, oh, you forgot this. You forgot that. So we thought, why not, like, not take the heat this time and give our top five list to a you're not really a guest you're part of a watch squad but you are also we made you a legit correspondent here we yeah, know I'll you do move a little reports. more qualified than us yeah so <laughs> being that, matters more right and being that you're a director and you know i think we're making this a celebration of directors episode let's get into ray tizzy's top teleflickies that was no that was good man that's the dome but that was, but that's for movies. All right, no, 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 that's wrong. Okay, no, no, no. Let me think. That was off the dome. All right, Tizzy flicks. I said that he didn't like it. I was just gonna say like because well, it's because it's because it's for the directors. Uh, Tizzy's favorite D's. I'll take it. <laughs> top D. Tizzy's top D's. I'm just gonna say, Ray Tizzy's top. There you go. (laughs) There you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. So we let's start at number five. Number five. It's hard. You know why? Pause. It's hard because I know. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize about that. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to excite people. Don't mind him. I just can't shut off. So I'm trying because I don't want to go to the obvious. The cliche. You know what I mean? I I love Quentin Tarantino. We love Quentin Tarantino. It's like for you to not acknowledge or mention Quentin Tarantino is just you have to understand that not a lot of directors. There's not. There's maybe like a handful of directors that can show up, make whatever the hell he wants, and he can tell the studios. Fuck off. Eat a dick. <laughs> That's nice. it. There's like, you know, hey, so it's a little long, eat a dick. Oh, but it's, you know, don't, it's the, the blood is, it, no, eat a dick. This is what I want to make. This is how I'm going to make it. You want my movie, you're going to make Like, there's no, I don't think, I think after Quentin Tarantino, we won't, we probably will never have those kind of filmmakers ever again. What's happening right now, it's very, it's like the, the director of, of the Batman, Matt Reeves, yeah. right? He can't even get a personal film made. He's got to make a Batman movie. First, right. He can't, he can't, but, but see, that's interesting too, because my man, you made a Batman movie, just fund it yourself, goddammit. Correct. All right, so that's another. That's the other side of the story. Right. But the idea is that you can't even make a personal movie anymore. Only Spielberg. Spielberg could do that too. Spielberg, right? Fableman, the yeah. Fableman. I saw the yeah. Fableman. I thought it was boring. It was right. very me too. boring. <laughs> me too. It's very boring. I saw five minutes but, of it. I'm like, no thanks. Yeah. This is boring. I mean, I get it. It's personal, and yeah, we're and it might have been a beautiful story or whatever. But yes. yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it, it it was the Fableman. This it was this the whole time. Yes, he, he was <laughs> he was stroking himself the whole time. Like this is. Not many directors get to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And he and he's stroking it in front of everybody in the screen. Yeah, so be careful what you do that in front of P. Just be careful. Yes, exactly. He looked at his eyes just wide. He just yeah. eyes. Oh, he, leaned he, he leaned in. He leaned in. <laughs> Go on. <You> see. <laughs> so all right. So Quentin Tarantino, of course, is on the top of my list. All right. Okay. By the way, Chris P, Nolan. P, that was P's number one, too. He, okay. That was good. the first one he said. All right. Okay. Number Chris okay. Nolan. Chris, Chris Nolan. Nolan. So Chris Nolan. Agreed. Look, he's another director that he is actively fighting the studios to present quality films 
doesn't like visual effects. You know, he started off making the Batman movies, but he did it in a way where he's like, look, I'm going to use this to realistic. up my name. And it's all yeah, realistic. He, no, he grounded it. But, right, he grounded it. But what was great about what he did, think of it like this. Every time you see a Chris Nolan movie right now, he uses the same font. Yeah. yeah. He uses the Batman movies. Yeah. That's by design, okay? It, it almost it, feels like a different lens when you're watching his movies. So I like the idea that he was able to use the Batman film, brand Batman with his name, Chris Nolan. And now whenever he does another movie, he just writes Chris Nolan. That's the brand. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to say is Chris Nolan. That's and he it. would show up because you know you're going to get actor, a trip. And out actors experience. show up. Actors show up as soon as they hear that name. They're like, yo, I want to be. A oh, partner. yeah. Actors like, yeah. What, what movie I'm supposed to be in? No, cancel that shit. Yeah. Chris Nolan's calling me, bro. Okay. <laughs> and I think it was because of what he was doing. I think when Chris Nolan casted him for Tenant mm-hmm. is when he got the buzz for Batman. He's a star maker. So Chris Nolan is at the top of the list. I'm about to see Oppenheimer in two weeks. I'm going to see that shit in IMAX experience at the AMC theater. That's where you go see a movie like that. Go see it at the AMC theater in Lincoln Square. He cares about the viewer experience. And he's he's one of those people that are fighting the studios now to make quality film and not just some cookie cutter shit that's on a conveyor belt. Now let's go old school. Let's go way back. Brian De Palma. Okay. He made one of the, my favorite movies of all time, Carlito's Way. Okay. Yeah, he casted an Italian to play Puerto Rican. I get it. In a time when it's a slap in the face in hindsight. Not really, because nobody was complaining when it was Pacino. That's the one thing. Like, if you're going to pick somebody to play brown face to be, it might as well be one of your best actors. And nobody at yes. the time, nobody, come, he pulled it off. He looked Puerto Rican. He, he acted Puerto Rican. And I'm he glad, even had the swagger. He had the swagger. I'm just glad he didn't over accent like he did in yeah. Scarface. To me, Scarface, I hate his performance in that. I know everybody loves that movie. And I love I the story, it. everything, but I hate his performance in it you know i don't like that whole shit but in carlito's way he found a good balance it wasn't too crazy and it was cool and he pulled it off and like i said at the time now you see that shit you crazy oh they picked a white guy to play puerto rican right right yeah yeah. but back then nobody was complaining because it was pacino right could have been de niro too nobody complained here's the thing about carlito's way the timing wasn't great no because it's the same director same lead star after scarface and people are just like oh it's just another scarface no it's not this is not scarface it's nothing like scarface and it's a better movie by far than scarface you know i was i was the idiot in college that had a Scarface poster and because Jada Kiss rapped about Scarface and all these, you know, these rappers love Scarface. But when you start sitting down and watching these movies, Carlito's Way is a well-crafted film. That's why he's probably one of my top favorite directors of all time. Of course, he's kind of fallen off because he's an older man now. Sure. But he's made some great films. He made Blowout. Blowout is a film that you know, John Travolta did that caught Tarantino's eye. He goes, that's the guy I want for Pulp Fiction. Is that the one was, that he's a reporter I, and he... No, he's a sound audio guy. The sound audio guy and he catches yes. some shit in the fucking yes. audio in the background, but he's working well, with this old. chick. Yeah, but yeah, it's a dope-ass movie because right. he ends up hearing some shit he's not supposed to hear. It was it was some right. whole crazy shit. All right, all right. Without the Palma and Blowout, there's no Tarantino. Know that. Know that. My next director, I'm sorry, Scorsese, but I'm scratching Scorsese. Whoa. I love Scorsese, but I'm scratching him. Whoa. For David O. Russell. David O. Russell is the guy, Three Kings, American Hustle, Silver uh, Lining Playbook. So, was that other co- th- wasn't there that other comedy? Three Kings that he did? was that with uh, Marky Mark? 
Yes. Which one? Three Kings. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who, who so was in that? Set- wait, wait, Ramon. Who who was in that movie? Cube. No, I, I asked Ramon. I'm sorry. I oh, asked I'm Ramon. sorry. Ice Cube, Marky, and who, who, George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. Mark, Marky. Okay. Can we not? Mark can Walker. we? Can you stop saying Thank his name you. on the show? I thought Three Kings is probably a movie. Remember when we had the, those those cable boxes that we, yes. we would have fixed, yes. and they would play the same movies over and over again. Yes. So Three Kings was one of those movies that would play over and over and over again for me. And I watched that movie so many times. And I think Three Kings is such a masterful movie, honestly. That's the movie that George Clooney and David O. Russell, they got into a fist fight. Also, David O. Russell is a big dick on set. Just going to say that. He's a big dick on set. I don't care. I think American Hustle is a right. phenomenal film. I was going to say, because um, he had he, he jumps around in genres, right? because American yeah. Hustle is a, is a time piece. And it's uh, Bradley Cooper and Christian Bale. and mm-hmm. uh, So they're all playing like- Jennifer like Lawrence. The, yeah, and, and right. Jennifer Lawrence during the 70s, kind of early 80s, whatever. Yeah. Look, yes. it's a dark comedy. But I also, but I will say that he's extinct too because his last movie, his his style of movie is over. People don't care about. What was his current, last movie? Amsterdam, something Amsterdam. David O. Russell also did The Fighter with Christian Bale Very and your favorite, movie. and your favorite, and your favorite who, guy. Who, who, who was that, Ramon? Who was yeah, how do your mother for me? Say how do your mother for me? Huh? <laughs> That's the only way he's allowed to be said on the show. The reason why I like David or Russell movies is that they're movies about people and they're still interesting. They're still interesting people. I, I love the opening to American Hustle. Yeah. He knew how to grasp me with just people. Okay. You know what I mean? And that inspires me because I don't have big budget money to make movies. So I have to make movies about people and I have to make sure that they're interesting. So that's why David O. Russell is up there with me. He made people interesting. Okay. Who's Um, your last one? Who's the last director? So I'm struggling between who I like to go to the movies and see and who inspired me to be a filmmaker. So so tell me which one. No, give me the toss up. It could be a two parter. It's between Joe Swanberg. His name is Joe Swanberg. You've never heard of him. I promise you that. And Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve did The Last Dune. He's the dude is fucking crack. Okay, he's crack. He he, The Arrival is probably one of the best sci fi. The guy just knows he's a he's a hit maker. Every movie is a hit. Okay, he's not made a bad fucking movie, bro. He's got the roster. Prisoners. Every movie is a hit. He, the guy has mastered the craft. Even David O. Russell, he, he's done some duds. No, but this guy, he hasn't swan- he, he hasn't missed. He hasn't missed. He hasn't missed it. Dune Two's about to it's come out. It's all hits. Yeah, they can take all, all my money with that shit. I'm going yeah, to the yeah. AMC theater. All right, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm there. So, so Joe Swanberg. Okay, so Joe Swanberg is a pioneer of mumblecore film. Okay, it's what it's what inspired his films. Is what inspired playing Sam. Okay. Mumblecore is a very is a is an ex- a style of filmmaking where people are improving through this, this and it's people in apartments improv. It's not. It's not. There's no big plot. So basically, what he did was he started just making films with what he had. He took he had camcorders, my man, and then he got really big in the Austin scene. Over over at South by Southwest. He would challenge himself. He challenged himself for one year to make seven movies, and he did. But again, super lo-fi, interesting movies, movies about relationships, movies about people, someone, like literally it's a couple that, there's one called Nights and Weekends he did, Super lo-fi, though, I'm telling you. Like, these are not, like, they're supposed to be flawed movies. And so these are, like, little movies about people just being people. Like, Nights and Weekends is a film about, you know, a couple doing the uh, the long-distance thing. And then you just see every time they meet uh, after being from long distance and just how that relationship pans out. 
That's it. For me, that is when we realize, you know what? I'm going to make a film. I don't have a lot of money. I'm going to make a film about an actress and her relationship and what happens in her relationship and how is that interesting. And instead of playing up on the big plot things, we're going to just be really focusing on relationships and how these relationships interact and staying authentic. And I think what the thing that I took from him the most was that he was like, if you do his thing is improv. He would plot it out. So this is what I did. I literally took the notes from his thing. I plotted everything out. I told my actors, this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end. We're going to go at it. We're going to talk through this. And then the aesthetic is going to help the film feel more digestible. And that's how I was able to get people on board with the film because like, wow, this feels realistic. Is this a documentary? I don't know. These are just real people talking about real shit. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what drew me to make this film. So I got to give him a shout out. He's the guy that may give me the, the, the courage to make this film. So that's my top list. There you have it. P, anything you want, anything you want to say about that list? Anything? Cause I saw you, you look very intense. Like you're taking everything in. It's like a recording of myself. A A what? A recording of myself. Everybody oh, so I told seen, you before the show, he said, except for the last two. Joe, right, Joe Swanberg. You don't, you didn't know about Joe Joe Swanberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, but he's, he's did not say, for everyone. He said he did say Dene. He did say Dene. What's your favorite Dene movie? I don't even know who Dene is. Which one is that? What oh. movie? I don't even know he, which he did Dune, he did Prisoners, he did Sicario. You probably like Sicario. Sicario, Sicario was the Sicario shit. was fire, bro. The first and second one you Yeah, like. P loves Sicario. There you go. I should have told you, Sicario. I I was just too busy laughing. <laughs> I know, man. I feel like I went too deep. I should have. I think I should have just said more crowd pleasing movies. Nah, like not at Hollywood. all. Nah, this is what nah, I'm saying. This is what we do. Point. Right. No, and we also do this. See, when we say our list, people are always like, "Oh, you left it." Like people are gonna be like, "No, Scorsese." No, listen. You want to do a list? Get your own podcast. Get your own Ray Tizzy, bitches. That's, that's right. right. That's right, man. Listen, Scorsese is a great dude, and he's that. He's another one that's about doing what he wants to do. Yeah. But man, come on, man. That the, the Irishman was like fucking three hours, bro. Like, how yeah. long was that shit? Four Irishman. hours? It was still. But at the end of the day, hours. I'll tell you this. But I'll tell you this much. At the end of the day, some of the stuff that he did, it wasn't even. I don't know. I don't. It, there wasn't no in. Like there wasn't no innovation. Let's say in the way that he made movies, but mm-hmm. the way that he told the stories, the way that he tells yeah, stories, he did. He tells good because it's just yeah. so palatable. It's the way that he sets everything up. You know, like that's why he, you know he's in my top five only because of that. Like when I first saw Goodfellas, I went and the thing is, I went in with a preconceived notion of like mafia mob, mob movies and stuff like that. It kind of like eh, I'm kind of tired of all this stuff because it was at a time where even like in hip hop. You know, everybody was, you know, the gangster names and Escobars and all this other shit. And I was like, I'm kind of tired of this gangster shit. And the movie had been out for a while, but that's when I, you know, I saw it when I saw it. And when I saw that, I was like, I've never seen nothing like this shit. I always had a preconceived notion of movies that were narrated. Now, that's lazy. That's kind of lazy sometimes when you're doing this shit. It had to be that way. Like if I couldn't imagine the movie without the narration from Ray Liotta, you know what I'm I, saying? I got to say, and I remember a casino, the way they killed Joe Pesci and his brother. <laughs> she was horrible. Yeah. That, that shit that gave me nightmares. Yeah. That shit gave me nightmares. Being on that bat, the way that bat dinged, <clears throat> that metal bat went ging, yeah. ging, like a soul yeah. in it. And, and the way they were burying him alive. Oof. First, he beat his brother in front of yeah. him. Didn't they do that? Watch. Yeah. Right? So he can he watch. His... Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So 
for me, I was just like, yo, I can't imagine someone making me watch them beat my brother to death right. and then beat You're me next. to death, nearly to death, not even to death, nearly to death, and then tossing them both into a ditch. And while they're barely breathing, you see them trying to breathe, fighting to breathe. And when they see that, when you see the dirt over the, like, I'm like, Oh God, I can't take it. Great. I, I, I got to turn this off. But And great shots. Like, and great oh, shots man. that put you right there. Honorable mention, definitely Scorsese, yeah, man. Because yeah. like... He, he his movies made me like scared of gangsters. I used to love gangsters, but when I watched Scorsese films, I was scared. Of yeah, there was something of like because you know what he showed the like the family side of it, like you know he showed like the gentle side of it. Something the right. Sopranos never did is they always showed Tony as like this tough, like all oh, like, and he had internal shit going on, but he was always gruff and even when he was trying to be nice, he was you know he was yeah. still being, you know so you know what I'm saying, good. but. Uh, <laughs> But in these movies, like you see Ray Liotta with his like the the wife, the family, you know, yeah. the, uh, the uh, Uncle Paul. Well, everybody was doing like everybody was uh, like even Paul Sorvino's character. He one of the biggest in the family, you know, as far as like one of the dangerous. But you see him like he's the one cooking, giving advice. They show the family act like you for they hum he humanized like yeah. shit that he did humanize the gangsters, you know. You but know, he showed. Shit. But it shows yeah. how crazy that is because there is a human side to them and they're still living this like vicious Right, life. because think of it like this. Imagine, P or or J uh, Jerry, we probably know someone that we're really good friends with right now that are pretty good people, but they may have a side to them that will just kill you with a straight face. Because you saw that our side. Exes, they were friendly, they were chill. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> they're friendly, they chill, they're this, they're that. Hey, it's cool, it's cool. But the moment you see that other side them or you visit them in that other side you borrow they, money ooh. you get it to visit them then it's like now it's it's a new game bro yeah, it's yeah. a new game bro. Yeah. now we're not i'm not the nice guy anymore that you mm -hmm. thought i was now where's my fucking money i'm gonna kill you right now like oh my god i thought we were friends holy shit you know what i mean so it's like the idea that we might know people like that that are super friendly because we're cool with them but that might just kill your ass p wants to play that kind of character you know like it's it's p that kind of like dangerous borderline on like it's almost like uh like an like a like a Steven Seagal in his era in his in his peak, dangerous with his hands, can pick up a weapon if he has to, minimal movement, but yet Maybe graceful. Right. Yeah, graceful. But anyway, you know what? That was a perfect list, bro. Uh there you guys have it. Uh, Ray Tizzy's top five directors and with honorable mentions. Thank you for joining us and coming back. And best Thanks of luck. Thanks for having me, man. And you best met, of yo, luck. You met, you, yeah, thank you, man. You guys, uh, so, uh, guys, can I see that cut you off. dragon again? I don't Hold think on. Sure hey, he was about was to say something and I cut him off, you know. Close that up. Can I get a close? Take your shirt off, maybe. You'll see it better. Nah, nah, you can. You saw it. I don't yeah. have anything else. Anyway. I was going to tell you, don't fall for it. Don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. <laughs> but no, but thank you and good luck with with thank playing you. Sam. Continued success. Yeah. And, I needed and, this though. I really did need this, guys. Thank you so much for this. Nah, you man, know what I mean? you. We needed you here, bro. We need you know, you always have a home here with us. The original movie correspondent for us here at the at the Men on Pause podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Ray. The one and only Ray Tizzy for y'all. Shit. Yo, P, you want to say anything before we get out yeah, of here? Yeah, y'all need to get your own Ray Tizzy because we got Ray Tiz and what he says is what we do. And Hold on, I'm recording. Okay, call you back. Sorry. Uh, P, anything you want to say before we get out of here? <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry. Thank you to Ray. Hope to do... Uh... 
lot more, you know. Let's do this in person, P. I oh, don't no. know. Doing we doing this that. with uh first of all, I'll make sure to have some sort of guard there for you, Ramon. But we're gonna be doing some stuff soon. Hopefully we're gonna be doing some live stuff. So we would love to have yeah. you in studio. Hell yeah, man. Uh we've we've yes. already recorded some stuff in studio already and we're always a growing show here, so we just trying different things, but know that you're definitely gonna be one of our first one of the first in-house guests that we have. So uh, we appreciate you being on the show and coming back, bro. Coming back. You know, you got to so much for having me, man. Def- definitely. Thank you, fellas. This has been another unofficial Men on Pause podcast. We're not licensed or insured. We have humbly been your host. It is me, Jerry D, I-A-Z, A-K-A, Ed Modifoca. And my friend. The one and only. Great Tizzy, phenomenal. And the 16th letter, P. And to quote a young Robert Bird who once said, Listen, you ever find yourself alone in this world, remember, you always have us. Biker boys ride or die. Bird rubber, not your soul. Because see here, we show no mercy. Strike first, we strike hard. Until next time. Bio contigos. Bio contigos. Bio contigos. Part cheesy.